0: You're listening to The Amplified Podcast, where we discuss topics related to being a student here at the University of Michigan. Hey guys, welcome back to The Amplified Podcast. I'm so glad you could join us, because it's the Halloween season, and we decided to do an Ann Arbor lore special, Spooky. So, in order to get into the festive mood, we thought that we might treat you guys with a special episode centered around Ann Arbor lore, and weird things that go on around the city. But, before we jump into that, I have to just say, do you know what the spookiest thing I can think of is, June? June?
1: No, what is it?
0: I think it's missing out on all of our transfer-centered activities. <gasps> <laughs> remember to check it. Remember to check out the LSA uh, transfer buildings student uh, transfer student center, and make it to all of our Amplify nights if you can. Uh, our next one's going to be on November eighth, so make sure you make it out to that. And without further ado, let's get into things. So I think just to start us off, June, what are you dressed up as today?
1: So some of you may recognize this. I am dressed up as Princess Mononoke, uh, which is a Miyazaki film, one of my favorite ones from when I was a child. And yeah, she's the main character, basically complete baddie. And yeah, I hope that you can appreciate this costume. I'm definitely going to walk around in it later tonight and probably get some looks, but um, that's all right.
0: Yeah, and I am dressed up as Lucifer today from the show that I think's on Fox. I don't remember. I just watched it on like Netflix. So, um, but um, yeah, uh, is who plays him? Tom Ellis plays him in, you know, Elias. So, there you go. There's a little bit of a connection there. It's Almost a bit of like a stretch, my name, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how we're connected. Yeah. Um but yeah, um So I think just to start us off with some little tidbits of lore. um, Most of you probably heard this at some point, but we're going to start off with the old don't step on the M. Mm -mm. So if you go out to the Diag out in front of uh, Mason Hall, I think it is, Mm -mm. and Hatcher, um, there's a giant brass M in the middle of the Diag. And so as legend has it, um, if you step on the M before your first uh back in the day there were blue books but no one takes blue books anymore i literally so have it's, never done one yeah neither have i and so now it's just if before your first exam if you step on the m then supposedly you'll fail it so like i'm not superstitious but i'm a little bit stitious mm-hmm. so i have not stepped on that thing i've Every single time I walk through that diag, I, I make a little bit of a of a semicircle around it, a little bit of a detour on my way, mm-hmm. because uh, it's just also out of respect, I feel like, you know?
1: <laughs> Absolutely. If you ever post up there, you'll notice people walking around the M to avoid it every single time. I don't know if I've ever actually witnessed anyone step on it. No. So people take this very seriously. Don't do it unless you want bad luck.
0: Like, one, the only thing I see, like, people get really close. People like to tempt fate a lot, I feel like. So I've seen people walk up to it and take a really big step over it, and then like continue about their day. So even when you're like trying to like I don't know like fake out the M or something like that, um, people still people still won't do it. They won't yeah. step on it.
1: That's too risky. It's too risky for me. That's for sure. So the next thing we want to talk about is the blind pig. So Kurt Cobain used to play with Nirvana there in the '90s and actually said that the blind pig is nirvana's favorite venue to play so we included a link in the description of this video to nirvana playing a show at the blind pig in 1990 which was you know over 30 years ago now feeling i'm feeling a little old saying that um And so you can go ahead and check out that video. But just I just want to say that there's lots of shows at The Blind Pig. So if you are into live music at all, it's kind of a smaller venue, but it's pretty awesome. It's a little grungy. And also The Moth Live plays there. So if you're not familiar with The Moth Radio Hour, it's a, a series that NPR puts on that I just love. And it's really just people telling true stories live and it's really just storytelling and humanity and it's awesome and usually when they come to ann arbor they play or they um the people tell their stories at the blind pig so definitely check that out if that's something you're interested in and then also attached to the blind pig is the eight ball saloon which is also known as just eight ball and it has pool and darts and fairly deep drinks by Ann Arbor standards and it's just a really fun place so we've Elias and I have been there with our friends for sure uh hanging out there on the weekends so definitely go check that place out if that's something that you're if you're kind of new to Ann Arbor and you're kind of thinking well where do I go what are some cool stuff you could do go see a show at the blind pig and then go play some pool at the eight ball saloon
0: yeah, and for just like a little bit more context, like I have a list here of some like other like big acts that have played at uh, the Blind Pig. So we have like Ten Thousand Maniacs, Everclear, obviously Nirvana, uh, no doubt Pearl Jam, REM, The Rollins Band, Screaming Trees, Smashing Pumpkins, Sonic Youth, Soul Asylum, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, and Iggy Pop. And I think also Jimi Hendrix at some point too. Yeah.
1: So it's it's basically like a grunge and like rock venue that is pretty well known even though it's very unassuming it's it's really not that big and it's just looks yeah. kind of like a grungy little place but it's a it's very well known obviously within within the rock community
0: yeah um for our next little spot um that we wanted to talk about is graffiti alley now it's not that like spooky or like um There's not many stories kind of centered around Graffiti Alley, but just an interesting place to kind of check out Um, over the past few months or half year, really, of, like, um, the uh, COVID season, I guess. um, I've been out there more times than I can count um, throwing up different paintings and stuff like that. Um, It's a really cool spot, and, um, like, I'd say – probably everybody who comes into town will go through it at least once just to like check it out and check out what all the art that people put up in there. It's totally legal to to go out there with some spray paint cans and, and throw up whatever you want. Um, if you go like later in the night, like probably more towards midnight to like 3am, you'll probably actually find people like spraying things and like putting up stuff. Um, usually you have to go out pretty late in order to actually catch anybody. I know people who've been through that alley like you know week after week and still have never seen anybody like put stuff up so um also weekends are pretty good time to find someone as we went like um a couple weekends ago i think um and it was packed there were so many people there but it
1: was it was fun and people were laughing and walking around and even if you weren't putting anything up just there's so much to look at because it is from floor to ceiling just covered in graffiti and some of it's good you know, some of <laughs> some, some of it's good. <laughs> uh, some of it is clearly just like amateur work, but that's kind of the fun of it. You know, you could you can go as an amateur and just start throwing some stuff up if you if you can get your hand on some spray paint. And as Elias said, it's it's kind of a legal spot to do it. So if that's something you've always wanted to try out, but we're always maybe a little afraid about you know, legal repercussions, right. it's kind of a an easy and chill way to to work on to work on this art in a way that's not um. Putting you at risk.
0: Yeah, and like some like most of the stuff is just like normal graffiti, just people out there with like spray cans, just like throwing up whatever they want to throw up. But every now and then you have like some really like talented artists like go through there. Like um Riverfish is a big one. He's been putting up like a lot of these murals. Um there I think he has like this big Captain Crunch that like has been up there like for like over the last year and no one has um like sprayed over it because that's the thing like the turnaround time in the alley is like probably like a couple days like if you're if whatever you made stays up there for more than a couple days people must really love it because like i've been uh, i've been there and like i put up like a huge mural took me like hours to to put up literally walk over to nypd which isn't that far away get a piece of pizza come back and someone's already spraying over it and i'm just like really <laughs> like you can tell this is fresh um but that's kind of just par for the course it's just kind of like the the whole spirit of it is like the constant change like every time you're in there there's new pieces that go up um it's
1: right on liberty by the way so yeah. it is really really close to central campus so you could easily walk there in between a class and just check it out during the day if if you're not into going into an alleyway at night um
0: yeah i would say like if you're going late at night definitely bring someone with you because like it is fairly safe but you're still going into an alley by yourself in the middle of the night It's just better to have people there just to make sure you're safe.
1: Right. But, of course, you're always welcome to go there during the day. Um, The lighting is nice during the day as well. So don't feel like you have to go at night. Um, Yeah, bring a a group with you. Bring some spray paint with you and have some fun with it. So (laughs) the next piece of lore that I want to bring up And i'm just going to introduce it because some of you maybe aren't familiar with it is the cube there's this big ass cube outside of lsa that was installed in 1968 making it 53 years old i didn't realize it had been up that long but although it looks immovable it was actually made so that it can be spun on one of its edges and as i said i didn't actually know about this cube being there until i went on a tour with the transfer student center which this is a benefit of going on tours because they might show you things that you wouldn't normally see on your everyday walks to classes. So I thought it was pretty cool. And they couldn't believe that it was my third year at U of M and I had never heard of the cube, but here it was. And so if you haven't seen it yet either, definitely go give it a spin. It's kind of um, a, a ritual for most U of M Ann Arbor students to go spin the cube. And I've heard a lot of lore around the cube, but the one I find the most interesting is that the original cube was stolen. So the current cube that's there now is actually a replica. And I really want to know where the original cube went and who was the thief and how and also why.
0: Yeah, because like that thing seems so heavy like and it's a cube like how do you transport something that big like i guess like someone brought up like a van or something like that must right look, like, or like a train
1: or like i don't know how but yeah i mean there's some pretty convincing evidence out there that it was stolen a, a few decades ago but that the current one that we have is a replica because of the of the stolen one so i want to know where that original cube is it oh, keeps yeah. me up at night thinking about it
0: i've been to a um like someone's house and they had like a giant um what do you call it uh traffic light hanging from their ceiling so i guarantee you that's like
1: that's mad illegal
0: oh yeah no 100 <laughs> um so like, i guarantee don't you do that. don't do that um
1: uh don't steal stuff in general oh no, I,
0: I think they i they they bought it i think mm. i think they bought mm. it um but anyway i bet that thing is like the same case sitting in someone's like like backyard or something like that like some nice like conversation piece that they have like just chilling out there but yeah
1: there's some I mean there are art thieves in the world you know people steal stuff from museums people steal different sculptures and pieces and things like that so you know it's not impossible that somebody somebody made a plan and snatched the cube snatched it right up
0: perfect heist
1: (laughs) yeah they're gonna make a movie about the about the (laughs) stolen cube I'm sure any day now
0: oh yeah um, that's oceans uh, 14 okay. <laughs> um, so yeah if you know where the cube is uh, drop a comment or something let us know let yeah. us know where what are your the theories please tell me we have to know <laughs> um so then yeah moving on to um, what I would like to call like the characters of the campus mm. um if you are here on campus and like you've or you've spent some time in Ann Arbor already then you've probably found this first guy Um I always call him the werewolf guy, but apparently his official name is uh, the violin monster, mm. because he's this guy who dresses up like a werewolf. So he he wears like um like an 1800s like button down like white uh, shirt with like a black vest, but then on top of that he wears a, wo- a werewolf mask and werewolf like paw like gloves, and he just sits there and plays the violin and like you can see him like around the diag usually sometimes in nickels arcade but this guy just like will walk around or like sit in corners and just like busk and play um uh, different different songs and so i actually found an article talking about like the guy behind the mask um i won't drop his name just to add to the illusion of it a little bit <laughs> um but to peel back the curtain a little bit So he busks full-time in Ann Arbor. Like, that's his primary source of income, at least as of 2011 when the uh, expose was written. Um, But, like, he's been doing this for over a decade now. Because, like, again, it was written back in 2011, and he had, like, just started, like, pretty recently. Um, And he's still out there to this day doing it. So he must be making, like, some, like, decent income. Like, he was saying that, like, originally he was working a job for about, like, 200 bucks a month or something like that. And decided to quit his full-time job to do this. And he makes more money than he did at his full-time job, which is pretty impressive that like he can generate that much money just like on the street. Um, but I guess that kind of adds like the whole, um, or rather the, the costume and the gimmick adds to the whole like kind of, uh, experience of him. Um, but, um, originally he, he was, uh, from Connecticut. Okay. Um, and he actually has gone on tour, um, like across Europe, across the Midwest, like when he was younger, um, performing, not in costume, just kind of like him as like his himself playing the violin. Um, he was part of the blue Lake international youth symphony orchestra. Um, and like, he'd been doing this for like a while. And so people asked like, okay, well why, what made you start like with this, uh, like wearing the costume is like, cause of stage fright or something like that. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm super comfortable around people, super comfortable performing. Um, turns out he actually, uh, uh, what do you call it, booked a domain name called Violin Monster. Liked it so much that he decided to, like, build his whole persona around his domain name. Um, so he went out to, like, some monster, uh, what do you call it, Halloween store out in Ipsy, found a mask, found a costume, threw it on, went out to the streets, uh, and just started busking.
1: He's the Violin Monster. And now
0: he's just the Violin Monster. And you can still see him to this day. Um, Apparently, he's also done it in other cities. Like, um, he started with that costume out in uh, Brooklyn um, and then brought it back here. I've
1: never seen him. I've never seen him.
0: That's surprising to me.
1: I know. That's what everybody says. When yeah. people were like, oh, werewolf guy. I was like, who? But. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I actually really would like to see him. So I definitely have my eyes peeled and you should too.
0: Yeah. Um, and the second guy on the list for today is the what can, has been described as either a the samurai guy or B uh the Naruto guy. <laughs> he kind of has two names going on. Um and I I couldn't find anything about this guy. Like I looked up for Our like, notes a-
1: say samurai guy stands on
0: things. Yeah, cuz <laughs> that's that's all I could find. Like like if you search him up, you won't find anything. But like I've seen him like around campus always around the diag and he just will like I'll throw a picture up and you'll see what I'm saying. It's really grainy. I'm sorry. I took it like on the way to class. Um But he just stands on things Like I saw him Like you'll see in that picture Um, I was walking Just like Through the diag Looked over at like a big One of the big trees And he's just standing On one of the branches Not sitting on that branch Standing on the branch Full on like Battle pose Like just ready And he has like this big um, Like wooden staff That he carries around It's either that Or it'll be um, Like a samurai sword That he'll have Just like in his belt I don't know if it's real It might be It might not be um, but yeah, so like just to give like a little bit more of a description for like audio listeners, um he wears like a black kimono with um like red accents on it and a giant straw hat that he always keeps a little bit tilt forward so you can't see his face. And he has these really like long, thick dreads. So like it totally adds like it's definitely a look. It's like mm-hmm. a perfect look. Um but yeah, I don't know his name. Don't know who he is, where he's from. But if you ask people around town, like, have you seen the Samurai Guy? They'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him standing on some stuff and just, like, posing. Like, because that's what he does.
1: Our roommate literally said he saw Samurai Guy standing on top of the Walgreens.
0: Yeah. And, like, doing, like, like uh, what do you call it? Like, Battle what? poses.
1: Or the CVS. Or yeah, the, CVS. Whatever, the yeah, Whatever. The pharmacy that's on the corner of campus. Like, just standing on the roof doing Samurai stuff how strange but also i respect it
0: yeah no it's definitely it's definitely a look
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love it um so moving on from strange (laughs) strange but interesting people in ann arbor i want to talk a little bit about spooky house so i learned this story after i met my friend raymond he told me about this house in the middle of the woods that is known as spooky house and it was called this because there was all this mystery surrounding it. The family that had lived there had essentially disappeared but not in a kidnapped sort of way but almost as if they had to leave abruptly and were perhaps running away from something or someone. The story goes that when people realized the house had been abandoned they went inside and there were still dirty dishes in the sink and like half-eaten bowls of cereal as if the family had to leave in a hurry. Soon thereafter, the house became a party house and a place where people kind of started to squat. And because of its mysteriousness, it was called Spooky House. And there was this eeriness about it. But after some time, the house caught on fire and completely burned down. And now there's just like this giant empty plot where you could tell a house once was but is no longer and one day, Raymond, had, had he had told me the story and he brought me through the woods to the site where the spooky house used to be. And this is when I came to know Spooky House Mini. So Spooky House Mini is a large children's playhouse. It's very sturdy and it's a little ways behind where the original spooky house once was but it was far enough behind the house that it was spared from the fire and is still used to this day as like kind of just like a little cool hangout spot though it's much too small for a house party or anything so it's not really used in the same way that that the original spooky house was used and for a number of reasons i cannot tell you where to find spooky house mini but i just thought the story and exploration of the site was really fun especially when i was still getting used to ann arbor i had just moved here and didn't really know anything about anything. So when I not only made a friend, but also got to like kind of run around the woods and go on this like kind of winding bike trail, and then you have to like walk through this tunnel and there's tons of graffiti in there too. And yeah. then you walk that trail for a really long time too. And then finally there's this empty plot and then further, you know, it's just like it was just really, really fun. And so um, don't be afraid to kind of explore around the city. I think I. Definitely tried to stay on my own little path, just like from from my house and then to school and then back home. That I and I and I felt like wow, I barely know this city. But that was in large part because I wasn't exploring it. I wasn't walking around. And so, definitely take the opportunity to walk around. Um, Don't go find spooky house mini. Don't do it. But just (laughs) saying that you know, shake off some of that fear and walk around you know if you have a little extra time and can explore and especially if you can do that with a friend definitely do it because it helps to make ann arbor feel a little more like home
0: so from one spooky house to another um let's talk a little bit about the dixborough general store so now i've never actually been inside the dixborough general store but i pass it all the time when i'm like heading out to uh, leave the city um if you take plymouth road and you continue it and just leave town and head up towards uh, Ford Road. Uh, you'll head into Dixboro, which is technically not in Ann Arbor, but it's still Ann Arbor adjacent. Um, and you'll pass by the Dixboro General Store. Now, there they sell, you know, goods, general goods, but they also have apparently a ghost. Ooh, Ooh spooky. <laughs> um Now, that ghost is apparently the ghost of a woman named Martha, who in 1853 came to Dicksboro to stay with her sister. Um, While staying with her sister, she ended up falling in love with her sister's brother-in-law and um, went to go get married to him when uh, the sister's husband ended up relaying a secret to Martha. Now, the secret, no one knows what it is or uh, what the origin of it is, but... Apparently, it was so bad and so scary and so dramatic that it made Martha want to flee to Canada. Um, the husband ended up telling Martha, basically, if she left and didn't go through go through with the wedding, um, she wouldn't leave town alive. So Martha ends up going through with the wedding, and a few years later, um, her husband dies. A few years later after that, um, her sister dies. And so then now, with only Martha and her brother-in-law left in the picture... Um, they got into this heated legal battle over Martha's husband's estate and will. Um, this ended up culminating in uh, Martha's, uh, Martha's brother-in-law declaring Martha mentally ill after she, after she uh, uh, fell sick with the same affliction that killed her sister. Um, but um, she ended up losing all of her uh, husband's property to her brother-in-law and eventually died a few years later. Um, after her death in 1845, a new man named Isaac came into the picture and ended up buying Martha's old house from her now 15-year-old son. Um, and Isaac reported seeing Martha's ghost with a candlestick walking around the, the property. Now, the ghost had said a few different things, each cryptic, each weird. Um, the first being, don't touch me, touch me not, which I love the phrasing of that. I think it's so uh, It's creepy It's so creepy It's so like 19th <laughs> century That it's just perfect for the story um, She also said uh, He's got it He's robbed me little by little Until they killed me They killed me Now he's got it all Um, And then lastly James can't hurt me anymore No he can't I'm out of his reach Why don't they get Joseph uh, away Oh my boy Why not come away And I just think it's One of these like cute little stories I say cute even cute it's like oh my river. god you but were
1: saying all that and I was like wow I would run out of there if I heard a voice saying any of those things
0: but I think it's so it adds so much character to this like weird little niche part of an like the Ann Arbor area that um knowing the story makes you just want to go into the store and like buy a coke or something like that and ask about these ghosts get some goods get some ghosts you know the, the mm-hmm. two G's mm-hmm. um the secret that um, almost made Martha flee to Canada has never been revealed. Um, so there's still, like, some more to the story that's, that hasn't really been uh, uh, resolved. But um, basically the ghost of Martha has been seen to um, throw things around the store, uh, break bottles, um, throw things at customers even. Um, and I think the show Ghost Hunters actually did a, like a little special. Um, showing off like Martha's ghost and finding paranormal evidence of her. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's just one of these like little stories that keeps the store like having new customers in, because whenever you hear about it, you want to go and like check it out, ask about it, see if the the people who worked there have seen any of these ghosts or or not.
1: I I've never been there, but I want to go check it out. We yeah. might have to get Opti House to come together and and go check it out
0: dual evp session i think yeah, that's what that's, they uh, that's, they call that's
1: that's too <laughs> e- esp or something like that i like i definitely don't want to do that that sounds too scary <laughs> i just want to go in there and buy some goods and talk to somebody about a ghost during the day <laughs> i don't want to go there at night
0: and i want to go in there and get some ghosts and talk about some goods
1: uh-huh yeah so actually let's move away from the spookiness and talk about something that is very cute so there are these tiny doors in ann arbor they're strewn about the city and they're doors for fairies okay they're very tiny and it's it's an art piece by jonathan b Wright, who is a self-appointed fairyologist okay here in ann arbor and if you know me, you know that I love many things. I follow a lot of many artists on TikTok and YouTube and I dabble in making some mini stuff with polymer clay myself as a hobby. If you like making tiny things, please tell me. Um, <laughs> because I will, I will absolutely uh, talk to you about that. So there's these tiny fairy doors and they're super adorable. And if you want to see one, there's one at the Sweetwaters, which is in downtown Ann Arbor. And there's also a small mini village close to the Blake Transit Center bus station downtown. So you can go by that. Uh, the, the tiny village actually is right along the um, protected bike lane, the green protected bike lane right next to the bus station. So go there and you will see it for sure. I also noticed a mini garden at the Argus Farm Stop on Liberty and that was made by a mini artist in Ann Arbor. So if you're like me and you love mini things, or if you like fairy lore and stories, just go to Argus Farm Stop and check out this mini garden, or check out the different mini doors all across town. There is a link to an article that someone wrote about the fairy doors linked in the description. So if this is something you're curious about and wanna kinda explore the city and find some of them, go ahead and check that out.
0: Yeah, and kind of a little bit of a callback. The graffiti alley uh every now and then has like a pop-up fairy town that'll just happen at the little um opening that leads out into liberty street oh really yeah not all the time like if you go now there, there probably won't be anything but during the summer there definitely was and i think last year there also was but yeah it just pops up every now and then people add to it people put like um little um what do you call it i guess like wishes like they'll write wishes on like pieces of paper and like leave it there which is really cute um but yeah hopefully it comes back up because that'd be pretty cool to see it again
1: yeah if you see it let me know because i will absolutely drop literally everything i'm doing (laughs) to go check it out (laughs) um that being said we just want to say that we hope that you're you enjoyed listening to some of these fun things that there are around town and know that if you're feeling like you aren't sure about coming to Ann Arbor or if you're new to Ann Arbor, you you know, you're a transfer or first generation or a non-traditional student, you're kind of looking for things to do. We hope that some of these things give you a little opportunity to think about cool, cool little art pieces and adventures that you can go on in Ann Arbor. There's definitely more to this list than we could oh, include yeah. in one episode, but... We really appreciate you all tuning in and giving us a listen, and stay tuned for the next one.
0: Stay safe this Halloween, and we'll see you next time.
1: The Amplify podcast is supported by Optimize, an organization here at U of M that empowers students to be creative in how we serve each other and our communities near and far. To learn more about Optimize programming, please visit optimizemi.org. If you have topics you'd like to hear discussed, let us know at rayburnj at and follow us on our adventures on TikTok at amplifyumich. Thanks and be well.